Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com haunted. That's masterclass.com haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com haunted. I'll see you there. The 90s were a weird time for movies. Hollywood, for whatever reason, was gearing up for war, and studios would often go head-to-head with one another. Movies would be released simultaneously, covering the same topics and themes to battle it out at the box office. Think about Volcano and Dante's Peak. In my opinion, the Tommy Lee Jones-helmed Volcano was the superior movie, even though it didn't make as much money. Armageddon vs. Deep Impact. That's a no-brainer. I found the Tombstone vs. Wyatt Earp battle really interesting back then. Wyatt Earp on paper was the clear frontrunner. It starred Kevin Costner, Gene Hackman, and Dennis Quaid. They were the who's who of 90 superstars. But Tombstone was the little movie that could. Riddled with production problems and even swapping directors mid-shoot, Tombstone would come out on top. Now, hindsight being what it is, it would be hard for me now to deny that the cast and performances in Tombstone are just better. And I wouldn't change that cast for any amount of A-listers from any era. This led me to my interest in Tombstone and learning about all the spooky treats I plan to talk about today. As I was writing this, I had to go back and delete most of it. Most of it was about the movie Tombstone. As much as I enjoy talking about movies, that's not what we're here for. But what if we were? I enjoy talking about movies and TV. If you've listened to my other show, Zoning Out, that's probably come across. But I understand that a show about the Twilight Zone isn't everybody's cup of tea. It's 60 years old, for crying out loud. Now, odds are, if you're here, you're a fan of horror movies. I, too, am this kind of fan. So much so that 85% of the conversations I have with friends are about some kind of horror movie. So come be a fly on the wall during those conversations. Haunted Review will launch right here, so no subscription or follow or whatever to another show is needed. I'm aiming for at least two bonus episodes a month on top of my normal show to talk about current and classic horror. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Also, I have some unfortunate news about Last Meal. It's going on a little bit of a hiatus. I only put out two episodes and I really just need to focus on 
one show, even though I'm doing Zoning Out and the other shows I'm involved with. But Haunted American History needs to be my main concern. So maybe one day when podcasting becomes a full-time gig, Last Meal will come back. Um, But until then, Haunted American History is where it's at. I'm so excited for all the things coming. Seclusion starts next month, February 24th, and will run every Friday through March. I've got some pretty spooky original stories written by me and some really great guest authors as well. And the conclusion and remaster of the Zachary Bain series. So it's going to be a great year. And again, that's all thanks to you guys. Right off the bat, I want to welcome my newest patron, Charlie. Thanks for joining, buddy. If you're interested and you want to join my Patreon, patreon.com slash hauntedamericanhistory, or leave a review on your medium of choice. All right. Now, let's head west. Tombstone, Arizona is a small town with a big past. It's home to some of the most notorious figures in American history, from Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday to the Claytons and McClurys. But beyond the stories of the Wild West and the gunfights in the saloons, there's something else lurking in Tombstone. The town too tough to die has some spooky tales to tell. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me on a journey through America's dark and haunted past as we explore the ghost stories and folklore that have been passed down for generations. What scares you? Let's find out. I'm Christopher Feinstein. And this is Haunted American History. The streets of Tombstone are said to be the pathways of many spooks, specters, and ghosts. I have to confess, since I started this podcast, I've been trying to shoehorn in that Ghostbusters line. And I'm actually disappointed in myself that it took me this long. One said spook, specter, or ghost, twice, is the long-dead Marshal Fred White. A cowboy faction leader who accidentally shot Curly Bill Brocious on October 28, 1880. White, the first marshal of Tombstone, had gained the respect of the Clayton gang and, in fact, had arrested cowboy members on several occasions, rarely having any problems when doing so. In the early morning of October 28th, Curly Bill and several of his cohorts were doing sport by shooting up the town. Imagine that sport. When White went to disarm the gunman, a shot was accidentally fired, hitting White in the groin. Though it was thought that he would make a full recovery, Two days later, he died. Today, he is said to haunt the streets in front of the building where the shooting took place, an empty lot where the Birdcage Theater was built a year later. Another ghostly cowboy, that of a man moving along in a long black coat, has been seen on several occasions. Crossing the road, the apparition is often seen near the site where Virgil Earp was ambushed and shot in the arm, crippling him for life. The spirit never makes it across the street, leading many to believe that this may be the ghost of Virgil Earp himself. A woman in a long white dress has also been spied on tombstone streets. One legend tells that she is a fretful mother whose child died from yellow fever in the 1880s and was devastated. She later took her own life. Another version of the tale claims that she was a brothel madam who was hanged and continues stalking the streets searching for her executioners. Lawlessness was not the only cause for the numerous deaths that occurred during Tombstone's heyday. Twice, it suffered terrible fires, the first in June of 1881 and the second in May of 1882. During these two infernos, which wiped out significant business district areas, 
More than 40 men lost their lives in the crowded saloons and brothels that burned to the ground. These suffering men are also said to make themselves known, appearing complete with drastic burns. Others have reported the smell of smoke and burning materials when there is no explanation. The best part about talking about this recent run of Haunted American History episodes that I've been doing is the fact that you can go for yourself and just visit these places. I hope that after some of these episodes, some of you do that. And send me an email. Let me know if you've seen anything or heard anything or felt anything. I'm itching just to get to some of these areas myself. At the Boot Hill Graveyard, which gets its name because so many of its occupants died with their boots on, more than 250 graves give partial stories to tombstones lawless past. Used primarily during the late 1800s, the graveyard was originally called the Tombstone Cemetery. Men such as those killed at the OK Corral gunfight, Marshal Fred White killed by Curly Joe Brocious, an unfortunate soul by the name of George Johnson who was hanged by mistake. Five men hanged for the vicious killings labeled the Bisbee Massacre, gunfighter Charlie Storm who was killed by Luke Short, and dozens more, ranging from prospectors to outlaws, lawmen, and prostitutes. Some of those who were laid to rest here, their names were never known and were only known by their nickname. Over the years, the old cemetery fell into disrepair, with numerous old wooden tombstones falling or decomposing entirely, and others being stolen by souvenir hunters. There's a special place in hell for grave robbers. It wasn't until the town's first Hell Dorado days, around 1929, that the old cemetery began to be referred to as Boot Hill Graveyard. Still, it continued to sit neglected until the 1940s, when an effort began to restore the cemetery. Today, it is one of Tombstone's most popular tourist attractions. Evidently, per several legends, it also remains popular with the many dead who lie there. Visitors often report seeing strange light and hearing unidentifiable noises from the old graveyard. Spirits have been spied on numerous occasions and, even more frequently, are said to appear in photographs. Bill Clanton, killed in the gunfight at the OK Corral, is said to rise from his grave before walking along the road back to Tombstone. The Boot Hill Graveyard is just north of Tombstone, on Highway 80, for those of you who are curious. I'm going to try to give most of the locations of the places I talk about today. Tombstone's most famous place, the OK Corral, was the site of the best-known gunfight in the Old West. It's been portrayed in dozens of Western films and books. The gunfight made a legend out of Wyatt Earp and brought Tombstone Arizona fame. After tensions had been building between the Earps and the cowboy faction in Tombstone for some time, Marshal Virgil Earp determined to disarm the men on October 26, 1881, resulting in the 32nd shootout, which left Frank and Tom McClory, as well as Bill Clanton, dead. Also involved in the gunfight for the cowboys were Ike Clanton, Billy Claiborne, and West Fuller. In the Earp party were brothers Virgil, Wyatt, Morgan, and Doc Holliday. Today, the OK Corral is allegedly haunted by the cowboy ghosts over the years. Several witnesses have reported seeing the fading apparitions of men dressed in cowboy attire, often appearing with guns drawn, perhaps locked into a perpetual battle with the Earps. Others have claimed to have felt numerous cold spots in various areas of the corral. The OK Corral is at 308 East Allen Street. One of the oldest original buildings in Tombstone and the only attraction back when this was a once booming mining camp, the Birdcage Theater also has a reputation as being the most haunted place in town, allegedly continuing to host as many as 31 ghosts. The Birdcage was named for its 14 small cribs hanging from the ceiling that once housed painted ladies. 
dressed as finely as feathered birds. After its opening in 1881, it quickly gained a reputation as the wildest place in town. So much so that word even got to the New York Times when they published an article that said, the Birdcage Theater is the wickedest, wildest night spot between Basin Street and the Barbary Coast. Between 1881 and 1889, the Birdcage never closed its doors, open 24 hours a day. It provided gambling, drinking, and other vices to its many customers. The saloon was once the scene of 26 deaths, which can be attested to by the 140 bullet holes which can still be viewed at the Birdcage today. Since 1934, the old building has served as a museum owned and operated by the Hunley family. It still houses the gilded cages, hand-painted stage, and the original grand piano. Here, tourists can walk along the floors of this historic honky-tonk, once walked by the likes of Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. I'll be your huckleberry. Seemingly, some of these old legends of the past continue to stalk the old saloon as both staff and guests alike have reported seeing ghostly apparitions in 1800s clothing. Most often cited is the figure of a male stagehand that appears wearing black striped pants and a visor as he walks across the stage. Other occurrences include the sound of raucous laughter and music pouring from the old theater's doors at night. Others report hearing the faint sounds of a woman singing, and the museum sound system has inexplicably turned on on its own accord, blaring old-time music. Others have reported strange sounds from the main floor's balconies and the sharp scents of cigar smoke and whiskey. After closing time, the staff reported hearing the sounds of clinking glasses and card shuffling. The haunting reports date back to 1921, when a school was built across the street. The students began to report the sounds of laughter and music coming from the abandoned building, as well as the smell of cigar smoke. Over the years, the Hunley family, staff, and visitors alike have experienced several strange events. One of the most fascinating tales is how a dice table, which weighed several hundred pounds, mysteriously moved the night before. When staff arrived the following day, the table had been moved in front of a door with a sign that read, Do not disturb. The table is so heavy that it reportedly took eight men to move it back to its former position. Another story tells of a statue of Wyatt Earp that was made and placed in one of the cribs overlooking the theater. When it was first placed there, staff would arrive in the morning to find Wyatt's hat continually knocked off and thrown onto the floor below. This occurred over and over for about six months. On one occasion, Staff arrived to find the statue was turned around, with its back facing the view from below. Sometime later, a local historian told the Hunleys that they placed the statue in a crib that was usually reserved by the Claytons. When the statue was moved to a crib that Wyatt actually frequented when he was alive, the hat tossing finally stopped. On another occasion, a valuable antique poker chip, which had been missing for years, suddenly appeared on the poker table. Upon finding it there, it was locked away in a safe until historians could authenticate it. However, when the historians arrived, they were disappointed that the chip had suddenly gone missing again. Only after they left did it reappear in a locked desk drawer. The Birdcage Theater has been the site of several paranormal investigations featured on popular television shows. Want to conduct your own investigation? The Birdcage Theater is located at 517 East Allen Street. Nellie Cashman's restaurant is another haunted location with spirits allegedly visiting this old building since the frontier days. In Nellie Cashman's old place and boarding house, once called the Russ House, today's quaint little restaurant continues to host a spirit or two. 
Its original owner, Nellie Cashman, was one of the Old West's original female entrepreneurs, as well as a prospector and an angel of mercy known throughout the West for her charity, courage, and determination. After traveling to the mining camps in Nevada and Canada, Cashman made her way to Tombstone in 1880, where she opened the Russ House. Soon, she moved on to other mining camps, but not until she had made her mark on Tombstone. Though most do not believe that it is the building's original owner who continues to lurk within its walls, they definitely believe that it is someone. Both staff and customers have made several reports of playful spirits who continue to make their presence known. Often, staff will arrive in the morning to find objects that have been moved during the night. Strange noises, crashing sounds, and even muted voices have been heard in the building. Lights mysteriously turn on and off on their own accord, and suddenly temperatures change in various areas. Though these spirits are seemingly harmless, they seem sensitive to criticism. Aren't we all spirits? Please, leave a kind review. Making themselves known when people express their non-belief. In fact, on one occasion, when a customer was making fun of the ghosts, a mustard bottle suddenly jumped from the table, leaving her clothing splattered with the yellow gook. Yet, others have actually professed to have seen an apparition of the woman, most presuming it is Nellie herself. However, ghost investigators doubt this, as Nellie actually died in Canada many years after leaving Tombstone. Later, after Nellie had moved on, the building was used as a boarding house and allegedly a woman who lived there was murdered by a man who was also living there. The investigators believe that this is the woman who continues to lurk within the building. The restaurant, which is located at 117 South 5th Street, claims to be a hot spot of paranormal activity. Go check it out yourself. Hey folks, you guys know I'm always diving into the dark corners of history, unearthing the stories that are sure to chill. Mastering the art of storytelling and research isn't just a passion, it's a craft. That's why I turned to Masterclass. Whether I'm analyzing historical documents or piecing together ghostly tales, Masterclass has been an invaluable resource in honing my skills. Masterclass lets you learn from over 200 of the world's best minds right at your fingertips. And the best part is it's all available for just $10 a month with an annual membership. I've been particularly captivated by the class on investigative journalism taught by Pulitzer Prize winner Bob Woodward. His insights into uncovering the truth may have transformed the way I approach each episode here. What's incredible is that 88% of members feel that Masterclass has made a positive impact on their lives. And trust me, I'm one of them. The depth of knowledge and practical tips I've gained have boosted my confidence and enriched the content that I bring to you every week. As a listener of Haunted American History, you get an exclusive 15% off an annual membership. Just visit masterclass.com haunted. That's masterclass.com haunted to save 15% on limitless learning. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you going to lose? Don't wait. Join me and start transforming your passions into expertise by visiting masterclass.com haunted. I'll see you there. At the historic Buford House, an 1880s adobe home, which now serves as a bed and breakfast, the ghost of a man named George Buford apparently refuses to leave. In the late 19th century, George, who was a gold prospector, lived in the house with his father when he fell in love with the girl across the street, Cleopatra, who George called Petra. After returning from a long prospecting trip, George accompanied Petra and some of the other friends on an outing. 
For some reason, the girl decided to accompany another man on the walk home. George, sure he had lost his promised girl, became very angry, despondent, and reclusive. Soon, when Petra visited him, he shot her. Twice. He then turned the gun on himself. Despite her wounds, Petra recovered. But George died of a self-inflicted gunshot. Like others who died tragic deaths, I really don't think that was tragic. George was kind of a creep and he shot himself in the head because he could get a girl, so I really wouldn't say that's tragic. It was tragic he shot Cleopatra. I mean, that was pretty tragic. Anyway, George continues to walk the earth, apparently lost in space and time. Both the owners and guests have seen him walking inside the home and along the street in front of the old adobe structure. Often the doorbell rings in the middle of the night, seemingly of its own accord. Others have reported hearing knocking on the walls, faucets turning themselves on and off, and strange lights appearing. Once in a while, women report that they have felt someone touch their hair or stroke their back when no one is around, proving that George is still a creep, even in the afterlife. And did they have doorbells in the 1880s? Um, I don't, I don't know if they had like a doorbell that we would know. So... The claims that he was ringing doorbells in the middle of the night might be a little... Hmm, not that it's, I'm going to say they're lying about it, but... I don't know. What do you think? If you want to take your chances with uh, Creepy George, the Buford House is at 113 East Stafford Street. At Schieffelin Hall, a building constructed in 1881 to bring culture to Tombstone. Even more ghosts are thought to remain here. Built by Al Schifflin, brother to Tombstone's founder, Ed Schifflin, the hall was envisioned as a first-class opera house, offering culture to Tombstone citizens for the first time. And over the next several decades, it did just that, offering a theater alternative to the decadent Birdcage Theater, where the proper people of Tombstone wouldn't be seen. The hall opened in June of 1881 to grand applause as the largest and most imposing building in Tombstone, and the largest adobe building anywhere in the Southwest. Attracting theater troops from as far away as New York, Tombstone's finest enjoyed the productions, as well as balls, boxing matches, lectures, and more. According to news accounts of the time, it soon gained a reputation as the most noted theater between San Antonio and San Francisco. However, when Tombstone suffered, so did Schifflin Hall. By the early 1900s, the hall was showing new moving pictures and a few scattered productions. But Tombstone's heydays were over, and for the next half century, the hall would be used only by Masonic Lodge as it gradually fell into disrepair with the rest of the once booming town. Fully restored today, it continues to host several spirits. In fact, some say it is one of the most haunted but overlooked buildings in all of Tombstone. On several occasions, people have heard what sounds like chains and spurs rattling inside the building. In fact, during one ghost tour, an entire group heard the sound. Several other strange sounds have been also heard in the building, especially during Tombstone City Council meetings that regularly occur in the building. One wonders if they protest because, seemingly, those meetings are so heated that one might wonder if they reverted to the 19th century. There is a popular saloon today that got its start as a grand hotel in September of 1880. At the time, it was said to be the finest lodgings in the state. The hotel was luxuriously furnished, provided thick carpeting, and its walls were adorned with costly oil paintings. Providing 16 bedrooms, each with a view, 
They were fitted with solid walnut furnishings, toilet stands, fine fixtures, and wallpaper. The lobby was equipped with three elegant chandeliers and more luxurious furnishings. At the time, the kitchen boasted hot and cold running water and facilities to serve more than 500 people in the span of a couple of hours. The hotel opened with an invitation-only ball on September 9, 1880. During its first few years, the hotel often housed some of Tombstone's most famous residents, including Wyatt and Virgil Earp, Doc Holliday, and the Clayton Gang when they came into town. In fact, I. Clayton and two McClory brothers were registered guests the night before the famous O.K. Corral gunfight. Another interesting character living at the hotel during its heyday was a man they called Swamper, a janitor and odd job man of the hotel. Swamper was regarded as an honest employee and was given accommodation as part of his pay. His bedroom, located in the dark corner of the basement, not only served as his retreat from the hotel's many customers, but also his own private mineshaft. The basement, located deep below Tombstone Streets, was not too far from the many mineshafts that ran beneath the town. For some time, Swamper spent his off hours tunneling an entrance from his bedroom to the nearby mineshafts. When his tunnel was complete, he could access a thick vein of silver, where he began to moonlight as a miner, taking from the vein silver nugget after silver nugget. What he did after hoarding his silver is unknown, but many believe that it is still hidden somewhere below the Grand Hotel, which is now Big Nose Kate's saloon. The Grand Hotel's luxurious life would be a short one, as she did not survive the devastating fire of May 25th, 1882. Above ground, the only thing that remained standing was her seven graceful arches and her floor joist on the main level. The rest of the building collapsed into the basement. Today, the building is home, like I said, to Big Nose Kate's saloon. Several changes have been made to the original structure since it burned down and has been rebuilt. The bar area, which was originally housed in the old hotel's basement, is now located on the main level. In the basement is now a gift shop, but the tunnel heading to the mineshaft still exists. The saloon holds the Grand Hotel's original long bar, the only one of which survived the fire of 1882 and is still available for thirsty patrons. The only other long bar that survived the two infernos is in the Birdcage Theater, now a museum. Imagine setting your elbows down on the very place that once did the Earps, Stock Holiday, and the Cleans. Pretty cool. Today, not only does this historic saloon continue to be a popular place among its new patrons, but it's also said to remain home to a couple of spectral ones as well. Naturally, the most evident of all the ghosts is that of the one they called Swamper, who allegedly has never left the building. Staff, locals, and tourists have had experiences with this old miner, ranging from photos where he has appeared to several fleeting appearances as he roams the halls, stairways, and especially the basement. Parts of the legend claim that the Swamper hid his silver somewhere in the building and returned to protect it. Other appearances have been made by fleeting cowboy spirits seen at the bar, standing in doorways, and by one account, knocking over beer cases in the basement. Perhaps this is one of our old friends, the Earps, or even Holiday. There are witnesses who have claimed to have heard phantom people singing and talking in deserted rooms, reported that things fall onto the floor on their own accord, doors open and close with unseen hands, lights turn on and off by themselves, and silverware has been known to go flying off tables. The mannequins on the false balcony have seemingly been moved and sometimes even tossed from the balcony. The sound of footsteps and muted voices are often heard coming from the basement when no one is down there. 
Areas in the saloon also experience extreme cold spots and gusts of cold air. Photographers have made numerous reports of strange, hazy forms appearing in images, as well as having numerous camera malfunctions. One story tells of the building's owner and several employees exploring the old Swamper Tunnel. They soon discovered that it still led all the way to the old shafts of the Tough Nut Mine. Safely, they made their way back to the basement, but as they approached Swamper's Tunnel, they heard a loud moaning sound and heavy footsteps coming down the stairs leading to the tunnel. They said the pace of the footsteps were rapid, as if somebody was rushing to them in their direction. They were sure that someone had come into the building, and when they came out of the tunnel, they immediately searched the premises, only to find that the building was empty and the doors were still locked. Perhaps Swamper was afraid they were going to find his silver. Other strange events have occurred on the staircase leading to the basement, including female employees who have felt pushed off of the last stair. Another female employee felt cold, clammy hands encircling her throat. Now, don't let the stories of ghosts scare you, whatever you do, because the atmosphere and the food at Big News Kate's is supposedly wonderful. And the place is known as a must-stop in Tombstone. The restaurant and saloon is located at 417 East Allen Street. Tombstone, Arizona is a fascinating city with many stories to tell. The tales of ghosts roaming its streets and buildings make for an interesting experience. Whether you believe in their existence or not, it's impossible to deny that there is something mysterious and otherworldly about this old mining town. It's a place steeped in history and lore, with stories that have captivated visitors for centuries. With its incredible past, present, and future possibilities, Tombstone promises something for everyone who visits, even maybe a ghost or two. I'm Christopher Feinstein. And this is Haunted American History.